Hey, welcome. This is Mike Sherrick. This is Into the Gap. And it's Saturday, January 20, what the? January 28th, 2019. We're at the end of the year, everyone. And welcome to Into, Into the Gap. I'm pleased to uh, have my guest today is Alex Terranova, author of Fictional Authenticity. Alex, how you doing, man? I'm good. I love that you just jumped us. You said it was January 28th. Oh, it, it's <laughs> December 28th. Yeah, man. I like jumped it. Like, I'm. oh, God. I'm, I woke up late this morning. I'm like, I'm. dude, do you know what it is? I am wrestling with a man cold. And you know how colds impact men far worse than anyone else, right? So, I don't know. It's something in our biology that it hits us at a level that nobody gets. And they make fun of us and they think we're wimpy and stuff about it. But I'm telling you, man, the struggle's real, brother, you know? <laughs> well, look, I have to say I, I'm lucky. I haven't gotten a cold since I was like in elementary school. Yeah. Well, come, have... come live in the Midwest yeah. where it's like 65 one day and about 30 the next. And, you know, it rains every other day. So. You, guys were hot. you guys were warmer yesterday in Chicago than we are here in San Diego. Were you? Really? Yeah, it was like in the 50s and the 40s yesterday, and I saw the people in Chicago where it was like in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, it was like 60-something. It was beautiful, man. Unreal. I got my motorcycle out, you know? Nice. It's freaking awesome, man. So, yeah, thanks for joining us, man. Um, there's a couple things. What we typically do when we start our show, first, normally I get the date right, but I see, I didn't have my glasses on, so I couldn't <laughs> read it, and I'm old, so I got to put my glasses. Alex was busting my balls for wearing sunglasses, and- what I do is I wear sunglasses because of prescriptions so I can read stuff, but that's okay. You know, I didn't want to, I don't want to, you know, act like a jerk. So I took them off for a second. I'm like, oh, I love it. I'm like <laughs> encouraging it. I think it's like, you know, what if, if, uh, I feel like, you know, people that you're like the kind of guy who would wear sunglasses inside. Cause you don't care. You're I like, I'm, I, you're going to do you. And I'm, that's how exactly. it is. And that's I, awesome. don't, I don't really care. Well, first of all, I didn't read, I didn't get the memo. You know, I didn't get the memo. <laughs> you're not supposed to. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, man, thanks for being here. Um, typically, so there's a couple things I want to cover. Uh, this has nothing to do with you. We typically begin our, th- this show was started as a, uh, it, it's really based on men, masculinity, and leadership. And mm-hmm. it's really like creating a, a workable definition for that, you know? I reject the idea of toxic masculinity. I think there's some guys out there that are buttheads, but, you know, for the most part, masculinity is not toxic. And there has to be responsibility. And men, I think, for a lot over the last 20 years at least, have abdicated a lot of their responsibility around us. So what we're doing is actually creating an ongoing conversation for men, responsibility, leadership, and actually taking back our role as leaders and taking back masculinity in a way that actually empowers men and works in concert and in partnership with women to create a world that works for everyone. That's kind of the idea behind the show. So welcome to be part of that. That's the clearing you're stepping into, you know, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's, a, it's a good space. It's a messy space, right? Oh, yeah, it's hugely messy. And, and that's the other thing. We have no problem with mess. Um, one of the things, we always begin the show. I, I typically have a partner here. My partner's name was Bob Ponarelli. I typically have a partner here. And we, we begin with the um, documentation of existing conditions. We're both, he's an architect. I was a contractor. Uh, we both worked in construction. And before you can start any project, you have to document the existing conditions. And that's like getting to the what-so of what's going on. You know, it's like in coaching, where are we at right now? Because if we don't know where we're at, we can't move mm-hmm. forward, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we have to document is there's been a uh, breakup between me and Bob. And it's oh. been a, it, it started as a breakdown in the relationship. And um, Bob and I have, the reason our radio show worked is we had two distinct personalities. Uh, he referred to me as somewhat raspy, as in taking the edges off in a relatively tough way. 
Uh, he's a much far more um, cerebral and sensitive man. And uh, he's yet to have a conversation with me about why he's not here. So I don't want to put anything out there like this is the reason he's not here. But what I can tell you is uh, there were some breakdowns. I was asking for a level of accountability that wasn't happening. Uh, I probably could have handled it like 47 better ways than I did. (laughs) And the result is, is he was upset and he's gone. So uh, I just sent him a message. I would like to bring it back. I don't know where we're at. It looks like he's gone though. So I just want to let everybody know that uh, Bob was integral in the creating of this show. Uh, I want to give him a shout out because he's funny and he's brilliant and he's the perfect yin to my yang from the standpoint of because Bob was here, I was allowed to be me even more. So Mm. I I miss him and we'll see what happens, but I just wanted to put that out because he wasn't here last week and I I found out about it like 20 minutes before the show. And so I just want to put that out for everybody. So, um, it has nothing to do with you, Alex. We're, we're cool as hell. And, um, you would like Bob because he's a, a fellow Paisan and he's uh, he's funny and brilliant. But uh, and he knew you were coming, well, so yeah. I love that you like put it. I think that's one of the um, the most like courageous things that people can do is like just put the thing in the space, right? Yeah, like absolutely. not pretend. No, you know, I've I've done I've gone to events or been parts of teams where like someone is gone. Yeah, and, and they, no they do will... the, the no talk about it. You know, we yeah, we talk don't talk about, about it because it might make <laughs> us look bad or some yeah. like some made up story about what yeah. it might do. Yeah. And in fact, it just it's actually more weird because there's just this unexplained thing in the space. Right. It's, it's, an, it's an invisible elephant that everyone can see. Right. 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 <laughs> so thanks for that, man. Because because that's really yeah. it. I And, and it, the fact of the matter is I just, I'd like to say more about it, but I don't know what the hell to say. Anything yeah. I would say would just be making stuff up without input from Bob and it wouldn't be fair to him and it probably wouldn't be fair to me. And it definitely wouldn't communicate anything that's worthy of communicating. So the what's so is Bob's not here. It doesn't look like he's coming back. We're going to move forward. There's going to be a period of reinvention. I got a, another guy coming in with me next, next week. Uh, Will Campbell, who's just a brilliant dude. And uh, we'll see how that goes. You know, we're looking for, see what the right fit was. There's a, uh, Bob, the thing that Bob brought that was so cool is powerful intellect. Me, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) Me, the power's in a different way, you know, not intellectual, man, you know. So, so that, that's what I really appreciate in him is the the thought and the things that he goes on. Sometimes it made me nuts, but it was also, you know, of really great value. But so that's, uh, that's that. So thanks for being here for this. Uh, And I just wanted to put that out there. So, um, yeah, man. So let's, we've never met you. Like we said, right before we've never actually met face to face. So hi, I'm Mike. You're Alex. Nice to meet you, man. Um, and our thing in common is you, uh, you are an accomplishment coaching guy and I am too. You know, we, yeah. we both went through the accomplishment coaching thing. So that's a very, um, intense program, uh, unique program. And, uh, it's, it's one I'm really blessed and thankful to have gone through, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and just to, and, and blessed and thankful to have completed there too. You know, like it's, uh, I went to a reunion, uh, uh God, it's gotta be about a month ago and I never felt more awkward and more out of place in my life, you know? So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those places for me. Yeah. Um, I was around, I spent so much time around people who lived from their ego, uh-huh. men, women, yeah. unidentified, right? Like just yeah. people all, and 
for me, getting into a space like accomplishment coaching, whether as the participant in the program mm-hmm. or somebody that was then helped with the leadership to somebody now who isn't involved in that in that work specifically, but still has a really big community, a really big support mm-hmm. structure. I actually run the accomplishment media okay. aspect, a, a piece that where the company is growing, but it's like a totally different side. Yeah. Um, I find it's like now because of the way I've cultivated the relationship, it's like one of the most supportive communities. Mm. Now, when I was in it as like a more of a part, you know, in the, in the day to day of it, Mm -hmm. I didn't always feel like that because I felt like a lot of it is built around like, you know, pushing buttons to, to generate, you know, transformation and reaction and whatnot. But being like one step on the outside, Man, I look at it and I'm like, I have built like one of the most supportive communities yeah. of whatever you want to do. Those yeah. people just support you. In. Yeah, that, that's interesting. That you brought up, you brought up something that I'm going to want to talk about is the idea of support. Uh, we've got different perspectives on that, and that's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, my experience of uh, accomplishment coaching wasn't quite that. You know, mm-hmm. my experience was one of incredible performance mm-hmm. and uh, do whatever it took to generate the result. And kind of an inconsistency between thoughts, words, and actions. Sure. You know? And yeah. and you know what was great about it though, but it it I really I'm of the belief that when you're really pushed to your limits in an environment like that, that's actually when you can become most aware. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so like I said, I'm really thankful. And and I have, you know, I <laughs> I got to be really responsible for my, cause I've got, dude, I am like the best judger in the freaking <laughs> world, man. I can make judgments on stuff that is amazing. Right. And so I just want to be responsible because I really am thankful. And I've, I've got a uh, pretty cool business and I've been doing it for quite some time and, and have an opportunity to do a lot of stuff that wouldn't happen without them. So, um, we got about 60 seconds before I break. I, I, I really, I've never asked this of a, a client of a guest before, but I, I really, what would you like to get out of today? What would, what would make today successful for you? You know, one of the things that I've, that I really enjoy about what I know about you and what you put on, like on your social media yeah. and who you are in our interactions is you're very, um, you're very powerful and you really like to like make what your, your judgments or your opinions, you know, very known. Mm-hmm. And I think when we talked, we had a great conversation around that. It wasn't an agreed disagree. We right. like, we're like bouncing things off cool. each other about masculinity, about growing up as men with powerful fathers or, yeah. or rough fathers or whatnot. So I think all of that and, and touching about that to authenticity and masculinity, Perfect. I would I would just love a conversation like that. That will rock. This is Mike Sherrick. This is Into the Gap. And our guest is Alex Terranova, author of Fictional Authenticity. So Alex, yeah, man, um, what you said that you want to get out, that's perfect, man, because that's exactly my agenda. I, I want to, first thing I want to do is I want to acknowledge you for writing a book. Okay. Thank you. I too wrote a book and I thought it was going to be a no brainer. I thought it was going to just, you know, (laughs) right. And it became one of the most, uh, transformational, most confronting experiences I ever had. So I, I, reading your book, um, there was, uh, it it was, I kind of got the sense like our journey of writing the book was very similar. And, mm-hmm. and I would like to, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the book and then we'll get into some of the other stuff. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so, for reading it, by the way. I appreciate that. Well, how can I talk to you about it if I didn't read it? 
You know what? It ha- I've done you know handfuls of podcasts, and it's clear some people do and some people don't. And no, I, I, life, read it, right? <laughs> I read it last night, and I've got even got some highlighted shit. Well, I appreciate it. I said that on the air. I can't say that. But that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, man. One of the one of the things I wanted. What was the source of the the book? Like the the source of inspiration for the book for writing it. What said? What had you go, Alex? I got to write a damn book. Well, so when I was in, well, I used to bar, I, a bartend and open restaurants for a living. So I started as like bartender waiter and then I would open restaurants. And when I was in my early twenties, yeah. my two like closest friends at that time were both, I lived in LA. One was a writer, director, one was an actor mm-hmm. and I would be around them and they'd be talking about stories and things. And I got like really into it. I love TV and movies sure. and all of a sudden they were <laughs> teaching me how to write. So my 20s, I spent a lot of time writing like movie scripts and whatnot, but I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just like having fun. It was a hobby. Mm -hmm. And I had, as I, when I got into the space of developing myself and transformation, one of the first things that hit me was, you know, I'm not looking to have a 20 client practice. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking to work with every corporate group. Like I want that to be a part of my business, Mm -hmm. but I really want to infuse that passion that I found as a hobby in writing Mm -hmm. with my journey and what I was learning. And mm-hmm. I saw it as like the, the fusion of two worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, so right kind of five years ago or so, I was like, I want to write a book about my process, about who I am, about things that I think, you know, I think I'm pretty honest and, mm-hmm. and direct without being, while taking responsibility for that honesty and directness. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to write, you know, books that help people expand and grow mm-hmm. that don't feel like cookie cutter Mm-hmm. Uh, personal development books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this book, Fictional Authenticity, the title is actually what hit me. I was, um, I think I was in like a yoga class or something, which at the time was super <laughs> uncomfortable for me. I, I did, I got out of the gym. Yeah. I used to go to Gold's Gym in Venice Beach yeah. for like 15 years. I started doing yoga simply to do something that was uncomfortable, mm-hmm. to get me out of you know the space that, that I felt like I fit in. And yoga was horrifying at first. Um, but this title hit me one day and it just fictional authenticity. And I went, Oh my God, I've been like living a lot. My whole life is a lie. Yeah. My whole, you know? Yeah. No, I get it, man. That's very cool. Um, yeah. When I, when I saw it, 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 and I think the, even at first I expected the book to be more about a conversation on authenticity. It's not, it's, it's really a conversation around your journey is what I took from it. But, mm-hmm. uh, I get the title differently than before I picked the book up. So yeah. That's very cool. Um, so I'm curious, what was, like, in, in taking on any project, there's always yeah. those moments of, you know, you're up against it, your face is against the windshield, right? Mm-hmm. What was the biggest obstacle you had to overcome in, uh, in writing the book? And I'm not talking about time, to, I'm talking about, like, with you. Yeah, so when I was, I talk about this in the book a little bit, mm-hmm. um, when I was a little kid, I got diagnosed with some learning disabilities that yeah. made reading and writing really challenging. Yeah. And as I grew up, I was also really aware of like, I didn't want to be a kid that had a problem or something, sure. right? I didn't want, and for whatever reason, my parents respected that. And so I grew up, you know, all the way through college, really having trouble with reading and writing. You know, I found ways to maneuver the system to get extra credit. To pass <laughs> why doesn't that, why doesn't that, you know, surprised me that you found a way to work the corners <laughs> oh i mean that was i mean that was part of the identity i created exactly. right like i created yeah. an identity where it was like well if i can't be you know i remember at a young age being like well if i can't be the smart kid yeah 
well, I'll be the athlete. I'll be the charismatic kid. I'll, I'll be, right. I'll figure out the ways, you know, to do this. And I did, and it wasn't enough. So to be valedictorian or to get straight A's, mm-hmm. but it was enough to get, you know, A's, B's and C's and keep myself, sure. you know, where I needed to be and not in trouble or whatnot. And, um, what an awesome survival right? Yeah. tactic, right? <laughs> survival strategy. Yeah. 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 And so when it comes to this book, there's a limiting belief or any writing for me, actually, mm-hmm. that I'm not smart and that I don't know how to write well. And so oh God, the thing so that awesome. would stop me internally would be I'd be writing and then somebody would read something and give me like, you know, all these. It, I always used to joke that it looked like when I turned a paper in in college or high school, the teacher slit their wrist and bled <laughs> red ink all over them. Um, yeah. And that would come up for me. Yeah. And it would be like, well, why would anybody want to read this? I'm not a good writer. I'm probably not smart enough. It's going to like be grammatically a disaster. Mm-hmm. And I would have to put that down. And, and I think the, 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 the point that I turned the corner was when I realized I don't have to be good at everything. Yeah. If all I do is write, is create the story and tell it in a way that's interesting, mm-hmm. someone else can clean it up and polish it up for me. Alex, I really want to acknowledge you for discovering that early. Because it took me about twice as long to discover that for myself, right? Mm. And what what I think is so important, and, and and you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on today that I think is just nonsense, right? <laughs> but but one of the things that's going on is there's less uh, emphasis on the formality than before, and so we we're granting way more grace to. Uh, grammatical errors or different ways of speaking or different ways of communicating as long as one is authentic, right? Mm-hmm. And you see it in music all the time, you know, as, as a 60 something, I'm getting into old school hip hop right now and I'm like blown away by it. And I'm serious, man, nice, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm literally blown away by the truth telling, uh-huh. you know, and it's like, I wasn't, you know, being a country guy and you know, all that, there was no way I was going to listen to Snoop Dogg, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Snoop Dogg's the truth, man. And he's, mm-hmm. it's awesome. And the truth telling behind it and the soul behind it is really uh, remarkable. And I'm, and I'm glad I learned it now because I'm not sure I could have heard it 20 years ago the same way. You know, that's really interesting. So I, I you know, I'm 30, I'm about to be 38. So mm-hmm. I grew up right when, you know, Snoop Dogg yeah. and Tupac and Biggie were like in there. That was their moment. Yeah. It was when I was like a teenager. Yeah. And, um, I can't, I don't listen to almost any hip hop anymore. And it was like the, what I was obsessed with growing yeah. up. And I never <laughs> so really, I'm really a little bit delayed. So, <laughs> well, and it, it, but I, I never understood why. And you mm-hmm. just actually got me like what, ha- cause it wasn't just that like music always is changing, right? right? Like the artists are always coming and going and And I think, I mean, nobody is just make hits forever. Right. And unless you're the stones. Hear- yeah. <laughs> are they i mean are they still making like i mean you know what bob dylan it, like yeah. they're it, i think makes made some of the like the most amount of music yeah of all time yeah and like a lot of it nobody knows about because it's not very good right well yeah it's 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 just he just does his own thing he's right. authentic right. And, exactly right? exactly and i think that ultimately what you just said is for me what's missing in that world is when i turn on hip-hop now mm-hmm. it feels like it's placating to what's going to like catch in people's brains, what's going to make us money. How can we make like, it's all a facade. Yeah. And it's not the truth. That, that's, that's everything though. Right now we're, we're going through this time where, you know, clicks are important 
and mm-hmm. we're trying to catch people's attention and it's a shiny object and there's not a lot of critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's, I, I think that's just a phase we're going through. That's one of the reasons for the show is to actually infuse or attempt to infuse critical thinking into the space. And, um, yeah, I, I, that's why I like to bring stuff up like that. So maybe one person like, holy cow, maybe I should think about that, you know, cause we're so reactionary now and we've yeah. gotten to be so driven by our feelings. Like, oh my God, you want your feelings to change, eat a freaking pepperoni pizza. You know, you'll get indigestion <laughs> right away, right? I mean, God, your feelings are stupid, right? And, and we're so run by them and, um, and we've just kind of lost sight of it. That's why, you know, our, our tag is courage over comfort is that we've gotten, we've had it so well, we've gotten so comfortable and we work really hard to keep it comfortable, you know? Yeah. And, and I, one of the things that I love about the whole idea of coaching and what coaching does is it's, it really is to get you outside of that that comfort and insulation, it's so easily to be developed now, you know? Uh, I, there's a great quote, uh, and I don't have it in front of me, and I don't have it committed to memory, but it's basically like, coaching is great to make the comfortable uncomfortable and the uncomfortable comfortable, you know? Mm. It, it's, it's so people can hear, you know? So we can relate to one another. I have, um, I have a post-it in many different places in my life. You can see them. I mean, you can see them. You can see me. But uh, that... Uh, Comfort is the enemy. And -hmm. it was a really decisive thing that my coach said to me at one point. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like, hey, if you want to sit on the couch and watch TV, by all means, be comfortable. It's not that comfort is inherently bad. It's that all the things I want are on the other side of discomfort. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think that's important, right? Because it's not that comfort is bad. No. Like there's times where like, yeah, when you're in bed... You want to be comfortable. Dude, That's like- <laughs> you should you should check out my pickup truck. That thing is chill, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Hey, we we got a, a little bit before break, but I, I want to get real quick from you. What's the biggest learning that you got from either about you or outside of you from writing a book? You know what? I think that it's I can do anything. That oh. if I really actually, that if I say I want to do something, I have the thought right, and then I say I want to do it of the words, then mm-hmm. it's just the actions and that. And we could actually do that with anything. Yeah. Um, now, will we? I mean, who, right? Like the, you know, some of us do, some of us don't. Um, but I think like we think about something, we talk about it, and then we take the action. And like we could literally do anything because there's no reason I should have written a book. Like it doesn't make sense. Dude, that's so powerful because what you just described is what I would describe as integrity, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. the idea of creating a future then in your words, which is how this country was created which is how landing on the moon was created and then mm-hmm. taking the, the appropriate actions from that, not having all your poop together, you know, it's actually yeah. creating the vision and stepping into it. And that's incredibly, incredibly powerful. And that's not very strategic. And for a lot of people, it that scares the crap out of people. So dude, it's like, I love this moment of time that we're in between like in the holidays, yeah. not because the holidays. Um, but it's, uh, for me, it's like I just turned everything off for the rest of the year. You're actually like this is – I don't consider this work because I love doing stuff like this. Yeah. But like I just shut everything down and I'm like – I'm sitting here staring out a window like, man, life is so good. I'm so blessed and fortunate to be living the life I live. Dude, I'm going to tell you a little secret. I don't consider anything work, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I live a really blessed life. I work with some cool people, some amazing organizations. I don't know where the line is, man. 
It's all one thing. It's just me being me. And sometimes checks come in and sometimes checks don't come in. But I mean, that's really the only difference. I think, you know what you just said, which is something that I think a lot of people, when we own our own businesses, um, maybe forget or don't, don't do is we, there's so much fear that's built into us, right. That's like conditioned to our society and whatnot that we end up like maybe someone's working with people we that actually don't light us up. And it's not why we got into it. Yeah. I don't, I don't do that. I, I, I exit yeah. every situation when it gets that way. I, I like, I got to go. You know? Yeah. I, I, I refuse. There's, um, yeah, man, we, we can get into it maybe a little later. <laughs> well, well, no, it, you know what it is? It's, it's the integrity thing. Yeah. Like integrity. I, I've got four core distinctions that run the show and they're, they're really inarguable. And it, it sometimes it really pisses people off because I can occur really rigid and I'm not at all. I, I'm mm-hmm. like, I will negotiate anything for however long it takes. Like, you know, I can out negotiate and outlast anyone. I mean, I really, I mean, it's, it's like no problem, but it's, it's like, there's just some stuff I'm not going to move on. It's, it's like, it's, it's just a place of a stand. Well, you know, Mark, Mark Connor, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that yeah. just absolutely blows me away about Mark and Mark and I are completely different humans, but Mark, when he takes a stand for something, yeah, it's like, dude, <laughs> you know? yeah, there's no, there. it's like, boom, man. And, and that's, and I, I actually learned it from him, witnessing him be that way. It yeah. was really, he's, that dude is powerful. He and, taught me, I didn't, you know, one of the, when I got into the coaching, personal development, transformational yeah. space, right, yeah. like five years ago, the biggest thing lacking from my life yeah. was integrity and commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Now I was extraordinarily good at what I did in the hospitality biz- sure. hospitality business, and I didn't just like not complete jobs or whatnot. But it was more, more of like a, a rain cloud over my, my whole life, yeah. where integrity was lacking big time and commitment. There were always there were just always back doors, right? Exits on the freeway that I could hop off to get sure. out of commitment. Sure. And the biggest thing I've learned from knowing Mark and working with Mark for you know, I've, I've known him for probably like three or four years now. Is that, yeah. is that piece? Yeah. Uh, and now that, you know, you asked, we were talking about what makes the book happen or not. And you tied it to integrity. It absolutely is right. Yeah. Like it absolutely is integrity. My whole life is run by integrity and commitment now. Yeah. And you even said the piece before, and I wanted to touch on, cause you were like, feelings like don't matter. I don't remember exactly yeah. how you said it, but you kind well, of, they like, change all the time. And I think, that, I think that the thing is they, they do. We just give them too much. And I think when I'm the cool thing is when I'm in integrity yeah. and I'm living in integrity and I'm living inside of my commitments, I ultimately then also feel good. Exactly. It's like one integrity and commitment gets me to good feelings versus if I do feelings first, I don't usually get integrity. And yeah. Feelings should not be a source element. Feelings are an experience mm. one has. Feelings are, uh, you know, yeah. are, are, are an output, right? It's uh, one of the easiest grades I ever got in college. I was, I was I'm an engineer. Right? Mm-hmm. Or I was, was trained as an engineer. I'm not an engineer anymore. And, and I went into this, uh, this uh, operations management course. Right? And uh, the professor, Zia Hassan, asked, you know, who, who's process-oriented and who's results-oriented? You know, and this is in the 80s. And so all these dudes put their arms up. You know, uh, we're result-oriented. There, there were 27 people in, in the course. 24 put their hands up for result-oriented. There were three of us knuckleheads who said, we're process-oriented. He goes, you process guys, you got all have A's. And he says, <laughs> if you want to go, you can go now. It's first day of class, right? So there's a, a, a small right on hand because all these results guys are there for the A's, are going to you know, want to yeah. kill them now, right? 
And he says, these guys already know what you guys have to spend the rest of the semester learning. And it was really interesting in that you can't get result unless you're very clear on the actions you're taking on the way, mm. you know? And, and that's, to me, is what integrity is. When I think of integrity, I think of, I, I don't think of anything, and, and you said it in the book, it's not a morality thing. It's really about, are you taking actions consistent with what your commitment is? Are you, are you operating in a way that's aligned with what you are giving your word to, you know? Yeah. And, and that's really I, what integrity is. And it's always going out. Are you familiar? I even see yeah, it. I even see it from an even. I've and I keep evolving it. Right for me mm-hmm. now, it's even becoming a higher level thing yeah. in the sense of integrity is me being well. To add, it's like it's the thoughts, the actions, and the words. Right in alignment with the person or the man I'm committed to being. Yeah, and I think so. For me, um, it used to be just about things like oh, I thought about writing a book. I said I'd write a book, and I have to write the book. Now it's about like when I'm out in the world. Um, am I being the man that I have a vision of myself being? And that shows up, right? I'm on a date and I say something and I catch myself and I go, why did I say that? Yeah. That's like an old operating system of like, of like ego and like masculinity from ego. Yeah. And actually who I am is who I'm committed to being is a very different man. Yeah. And that, that to me is where integrity really gets powerful when it's about who you are. Exactly. The, the thing you said that integrity is thoughts, words, and actions in alignment, uh, that's actually, that's the accomplishment coaching definition of integrity, or at least it was when I was there. And it's, it's actually a quote from, from Mahatma Gandhi for the, mm-hmm. the definition of happiness, right? And I, I always took a little bit exception to the relationship accomplishment coaching had with integrity. I think they kind of, they talk about it, but I don't think it's, I don't think it is distinct enough. You know, and and I wrestled with it, and, and I went through some transformational training before uh, accomplishment coaching and integrity. Something that uh, are you familiar with, Mike Jensen? Do you know who he is? Have you ever heard? I of don't him? think so. I'm going to send you a document that he. It's basically an interview with him about integrity. I think you'll it'll be rich for you. Okay. Okay. Cool. But here's here's a definition I got from him, and it, it, it's integrity is being whole and complete, achieved by honoring one's word, as we define honoring. And it really creates workability and trust. And so it really is about the words we use, about what we are creating in the future. Mm-hmm. And then are we living consistent to that, right? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. We're going to fail. We're going to freaking fail. We're going to screw up. We're going to make mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. Like Bob not being here is a breakdown for me in my integrity. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't do the things and I didn't operate consistent with my commitment to having him be my partner. I pissed him off, right? And he saw fit that his react. Now we can have a whole conversation about his reaction, but he's not here about it, right? Yeah. And there's nothing I can do about his reaction. His reaction is his reaction, but it his reaction also impacts my words, so it's a breakdown in my integrity. And and so, it's it's it gets really when you start thinking about it, man. It's it's a big lift, and the thing that you know toward the end of your book, you start talking about oneness, you know. And about the interconnectedness of all of us. And are you familiar with Sid Banks? I'm not. So you, you're going to want to check out Sid Banks. Sid, Sid okay. Banks is a trip, man. Because his whole thing is based on what you, you talk there. right? And Sid Banks is a welder uh, from, I think he was from Wales, who came upon this spiritual enlightenment. And it's kind of weird and, and out there. But at the core of it, the core of it is we're all interconnected like the Redwoods. You know, mm-hmm. like our... 
And if you think about it, if you actually believe, one of my core distinctions is that we're being given being in action by something bigger than us. And I don't if it's a blueberry muffin in the sky or if it's God or whatever, there's an interrelatedness to that mm-hmm. that sources all of us, right? Yeah. So if we're all sourced from the same place, we all have to be kind of mm-hmm. interconnected. And to deny that exists is insane, right? Yeah. And so, and that's where integrity comes in, is really the honoring of what we're doing. And when you start getting there, you got, oh, oh <laughs> maybe my opinion isn't the most important thing in the world, which for me becomes very confronting, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, there's, there's something that I've seen recently that's like helping me understand the interconnectedness of everything. Yeah. When you look at an atom in its smallest form, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. When, when they look at it as far down as they can go, first, it's like gas. It's not even anything. Right. And then, then when you put attention on it, this is like very like Einstein kind of stuff. Um, the, the molecule takes form and mm-hmm. it becomes a piece of energy that we can see, you know, atoms mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. When you look at one of those, it looks just like our solar system, mm. right? Like it, it like looks exactly the same. So, and then if you look at the galaxy from mm-hmm. far away mm-hmm. and how there's like these, there's like connections within the galaxy. I, there's a name for them, but it's like mm-hmm. in physics, whatever, sure. how it's kind of woven together. Yeah. And then you look at our brains mm-hmm. and the way our synapses connect and mm-hmm. fire off things. There's this, these odd similarities mm-hmm. between the bigger and the, and the very, very small that I, that make me go, this, it, it has to be this just there's just yeah. not an accident that that things can be I'm sure I know you know like conversations with God the sure. book. there's a there's a line in there where they talk about if a snowflake can be so detailed and perfect mm-hmm. that everything has to be by design of in some way shape or form yeah it's just not an, it just not doesn't make sense for it to be an accident well it's really interesting we had a we had a, a pastor on last week and we were actually talking about this very thing like the design what is the master design that's going on here you know so it was it was really really interesting but uh, yeah man no I, I I so agree and it's that and what what cracks me up the most is how really smart people try to dumb things down by putting us into categories right mm-hmm. and well there's black people and there's white people and there's straight people and there's gay people and dude, we're all, you know, if you cut me, don't we all bleed the same? You know, I mean, aren't we all kind of made up the same way? And I think we spend so much time focusing on the differences and so little focusing on the commonality, you know? It's, it's the flaw of, well, at least I see it as like, it's the flaw of intellect. So, <laughs> see, th- this is where I'm safe again, dude. Yes. Well, wait, wait, so this, but, but we, but you still do this, right? So if you look at like as human beings, <laughs> yeah the way we take in information is our senses, right? We have like our five senses and that's how we like decipher information. Yeah. And then our intellect's job is to dissect, to literally slice things up and figure it out. Yeah. But the problem is it's figuring out things with all the, without all the information, right? Because if we look at like our hand or a grain of rice, you only see part of the picture. Right. You can never see the whole thing at one time. It's really been a joy to be with you, man. I wasn't uh, wasn't sure how it was going to go. <laughs> I mean, it always goes. I, I was particularly moved by the douchey Alex part of the book, so I was I, kind of wondering if that would have showed up. That would have been interesting. Well, you know what? It's it's. I, so I had this experience on Christmas Eve. I think yeah. this was maybe the cool, one of the coolest things that's happened to me in the last five years. I'm yeah. with two of my neighbors, 
and my cousin and we're doing like a little Christmas Eve, just like hanging out. Sure. And um, we invite a, a new friend of mine who like the, the community, basically all everyone wanted to meet. And she looks at my cousin like into the night we've all been hanging out and she goes, I can't imagine how he used to be a jerk. Like I can't <laughs> even see that. And I, and I looked up and we've had a little to drink and whatnot. I look up my cousin, I go, I think that's the coolest thing because like a lot of the people that have known me have watched me transform, right? They see it. Even the, the people that have met me after there's moments that they see. And I was like, man, the work I've done, and I didn't do anything, right? It wasn't like I handed her a book or did anything. It was just like who I showed up as in the space. And I think what's, what's, besides that she saw it, the place that I'm at now is I like get to catch myself. Yeah. Like I, I shared with you, like if I'm on a date or something and I go, man, who am I? Who is this guy right here in this space with this person? That's not who I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. So no, it's really been a joy. So I'm really glad you're here and I'm, I'm glad we got together. Uh, well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. So we got a few minutes. Uh, I've asked all the questions I wanted and it's, just, I'm, I'm just really, enjoying having this conversation with you when we when we first talked we were talking about and, and i shared in the beginning of the show um what this show's about is really about masculinity and men owning their masculinity and and um doing so in a way that's responsible and i and listen i've got a particular version of it you know i'm yeah. you know on the spectrum there's definitely a location for me i'm kind of a poster child for a certain version of masculinity and I'm in no way am I a proponent. That's the right way. But, uh, how do you, what do you see is going on in the whole world of men and men really owning who they are and their masculinity and doing so in a responsible way? Yeah. Um, I think there's two things that I think there's something that's gone on forever that's set us up for this pendulum swing. Okay. Like in a lot of ways, men, because men have had control, Mm-hmm. like power power control over mm-hmm. everything since basically the beginning mm-hmm. um there's been this like uh, uh privilege that men have had oh i hate that word and, don't ugh, okay but that's okay <laughs> well hang on hang on no, stick with good. me for a second all right and and it but it's been this this place of opportunity right yeah. like it's not i'm not saying it's bad it just is a thing and i think that as as me, not all men most people are good yeah right? Like most men are good men. Most women are good women. And, but I think that there's been so many kind of crappy, I don't know if I can say that bad things um, that have happened that there's a, um, there's like a pendulum swing from that place to where we are, which isn't healthy either. It's swung the other way where men are now feeling like wrong about their masculinity or disempowered by it, where they're, Men are, I think we're in a space where men are trying to f- figure out what it is. And I think for me, one of the things is I love that you said it's a spectrum because masculinity yeah. doesn't look one way. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's not, you know, I know that the, what I thought masculinity was, yeah. was being able to drink, get laid, be like muscular, like tough kind of, you know, tattoos, motorcycles. And that's, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But, but you know, I'm tattooed and ride motorcycles. Oh, I, and me, well, no, 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 I know, I know. And yeah. but I think, but this is all like so. I mean, so yeah. am I, and not the motorcycle piece, but all those other things I sure. said. But I think where it was coming from, right? Like I modeled Matt. Yeah. 
movies and TV. So it's simply inauthentic. Yeah. And and now it's it's like finding what is true for me has become empowering. Is like, no, this is who I am as a man. I, I joke all the time that uh, I'll be sitting with a man or, you know, and, and they'll talk about, oh, I'm going to this men's retreat out in the desert to to bang on my chest and, and howl at the wind and find my masculinity. And I look at them and I'll, I usually put my hands like on their shoulders and I'll be like, you know where your masculinity is? It's right here. Yeah. You don't have to go anywhere. Brother, <laughs> what you're saying is so resonates with me, okay? Because one of the things I think that's happened is I think, and, and, and this is, it's going to sound like a comparison. I don't really mean it that way. But women have done a really good job of identifying who they are and what they're here for. You know, like when, when you talk to women, women are fairly aware. And, and a lot of it has to do with Oprah. Oprah's done a really good job of having women start to really look at and be responsible for and own their own power and that type of thing. And what guys have done, what I've seen a lot of guys have done, is they've, they've either thrown their hands up, abdicated, or just gone, gone for the golden ring and not actually done the work to actually discover who they are and what matters to them. And then what happens is the statistics will prove out that 18 months after a guy retires, the likelihood of him dying is really high. Why? Because he's got no future to live into. He doesn't know who he is. His identity was built up in his job. And, um, and, and, and that's really the reason that's, that's what my stand is, is that men actually become and get in touch with who they are. And you don't have to go to a freaking, men's retreat and do all that's all bs as far as i'm concerned and run around and beat drums and act like a bunch of goofs and and what, what's the one uh, the the one where they it's not peyote buttons it's some other thing They're, it's like a hallucinogen they do and they discover i don't know what the hell they discover but it's all nonsense well, you know I, I think i think it's um i think what you were just speaking to is vulnerability yeah. that one of the things we've done as a society is we've made it okay and we've all done this we all play a part in it sure. we've made it okay for women to be vulnerable yeah. and we've made it so men bon- vulnerability and is like a weakness when it's actually a strength but we made it okay for women and not for men and so i think when you were describing like what oprah's done or what what other sure. many other people have done is we've made it okay for women to get help and support and women and we've made it more difficult for men to be vulnerable enough yeah. to say i need some help i need some support well, it, it's interesting, Alex. I, I did a talk in New York, uh, and it was talking about this very thing. It's about men being responsible, owning their power, and, and being fully responsible with their lives. And guys have a real weird reaction to vulnerability. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what I think is s- synonymous with vulnerability for men is courage. Mm-hmm. And for for courage to exist, one has to own what they're afraid of. Mm-hmm. One has to be with their fear. And I think that's where it really begins. But, and of course, right when we're getting into good stuff, I just got the message from my, uh, my producer that we got only two minutes. So, uh, dude, I can't express to you how thankful I am for you to be on and what it, what it's, it's a joy. It's been to have you. So thank you so much for this. Thanks so much for having me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I love that the different trick turns we took and uh dude if you want to have more of these conversations i would always be happy to show up and have them with you very cool man very cool you want to be my co-host <laughs> i mean i don't know how i i can't be in chicago but we could talk about if you want a remote co-host yeah maybe we you know we're, we're interviewing right now we've got an opening so we'll, t- we'll talk I'm, I'm open to it <laughs> yeah no it could be cool um yeah man and say hi to all my friends back at uh, accomplishment coaching you know i will uh, do that uh yeah it's uh it was a great period of my life. I'm very thankful for it. And I'm, uh, 
you know, and I've moved on and it's been, uh, it's like being an alumni, you know, uh, mm-hmm. s- sometimes you go back for the homecoming game. Sometimes you don't, you know, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's just cool. You, you still have the thing on the wall that says you're there. You know, I still got that really cool monument in my office front and center. Oh yeah. You know, those things are badass. Yeah. Know? So anything you want to say to be complete, my friend? No, thanks for having me. Thanks for let's just like having a really, you know, real conversation. I really also just appreciate the work that you do that goes into this, that it's like, you didn't just like have me on. It's like, you're like, I want to, you know, you read the book, you make sure, you know, you're going to, it's going to go the way that you, to provide value for your audience. Yeah. That's me, dude. (laughs) I'm an animal that way, but that's okay. Dude, thank you. Bye, everyone. Next week, uh, we're going to have a, uh, a different co-host. We're going to bring in my buddy, Will Campbell. And uh, I guess that's it. Everybody, Happy New Year. Thanks, and I'll see you next year. 